have any ties to the history of the, the franchise. Washington dropped its longtime nickname, the Redskins, 18 months ago after years of protest by Native American groups. A fired NFL coach is suing the league and its teams, alleging racist hiring practices. In his lawsuit, Brian Flores specifically names the team that fired him, Miami, and two others, Denver and the New York Giants, where he says he was interviewed after head coaching choices had been made. He was on CBS Mornings. Humiliation, disbelief, anger. Now, I've worked so hard to get to, to where I am. To go on what was going to be a, what, what felt like or what was a sham interview, I was, I was hurt. Flores says it's hard to speak out, but, quote, this is bigger than football, bigger than coaching. Steve Kathan, CBS News. People in the central U.S. are already getting walloped with heavy snow, freezing rain, and strong winds. The forecast calls for ice storms in Arkansas and Texas, where Public Utility Commission Chair Peter Lake promises there will not be a repeat of last year's prolonged power outages. We know that the reforms we have put in place over these last few months ensure that our grid is reliable and ready for this winter weather event. A day after Pfizer asked the FDA for emergency use authorization, a new Kaiser family Foundation survey finds 31% of parents with kids under five will get them vaccinated right away. That's up 20% from July. The U.S. has chosen its flag bearers for Friday's opening ceremony at the Winter Olympics. CBS's Steve Futterman is in Beijing. American bobsledder Alana Myers-Taylor, a three-time Olympic medalist, was one of two athletes elected to carry the U.S. flag, but she tested positive after arriving here in Beijing. She will not even be at the opening ceremony and it's not entirely clear if she will compete in the Winter Games. The other athlete chosen is curler John Schuster. This year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees just announced. Among the first-timers, Eminem and Duran Duran. Dionne Warwick, Carly Simon, and Dolly Parton in the running, too. Class of 2022 will be announced in May. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make 200 to $300 this year. Wow. That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GEAR for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code GEAR to earn 25 cents a gallon or more on your first tank. That's code GEAR. Hunker down, winter's not going away for a while. You may want to burrow back under the blankets after word from the prognosticating rodent Puxatawney Phil. With my shadow I have cast, then a long, lustrous six more weeks of winter. Thousands gathered in the early morning chill of Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania for Phil's Groundhog Day duties as a major snow and ice storm takes aim at 90 million Americans. Jim Crisula, CBS News. This is World Read Aloud Day. Here's Edward Bear coming downstairs now. Winnie oh, the Pooh oh, oh, tops oh. librarian Sandy Bartlett's picks at the Morton Library in Rhinecliff, New York. There's that we're all around a campfire together feeling, so you get that family. It also introduces them to other worlds. She invites grown-ups to lend an ear to I don't think you ever outgrow hearing stories. It just makes you feel good. He nodded and went out, and in a moment I heard Winnie the Pooh. Bump, Deborah bump, Rodriguez, bump. CBS News. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make 200 to $300 this year. Wow. 
That's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GEAR for 25 cents a gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code GEAR to earn 25 cents a gallon or more on your first tank. That's code GEAR. Who day? Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to Los Angeles to face the Rams in Super Bowl 56. This is the first time since the 1988 season that the Bengals have been in the Super Bowl. Westwood One's coverage of Super Bowl 56 is brought to you locally by Snyder Stroh Jarrett Financial, Carpet One Floor and More, and Lake Hope Lodge. Tune in on February 13th at 2 p.m. on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. At Ohio Health, you can see your doctor here, there, or anywhere. Whether it's in person. Hi there. How are you feeling today? Or at home. Hi there. How are you doing? At one of our 200-plus care sites across the state. All right. Let's take a look. Or on your tablet, smartphone, or computer. So when did this problem start? You'll feel good knowing Ohio Health provides the finest care anywhere. Schedule care today at ohiohealth.com slash finest care. Daily reports of the stock market's close. Tune in at 5.30 tonight on WATH to stay informed about your money. The stock market report is brought to you by Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, serving Athens County since 2005. The Goldsberry Wealth Strategies stock market report airs exclusively in Athens County on 970 WATH weekdays at 5.30 immediately after our local newscast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit autismspeaks.org employment. It's been a trying year for parents. They've been confronted with countless challenges and have always risen to the occasion. If it isn't too much to ask, the 340,000 high school student athletes in Ohio have one last request. Please set an example. Disorderly fan conduct at high school athletic events is on the rise. It increasingly involves parents there's no question that parents are passionate. There's no question they care about their children. But at a time when we're all wound a little more tightly than usual, it's worth remembering this about Ohio high school sports. Always be a good example. Stop unruly fan behavior before it starts. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Midweek visit with Coach Art Turf in between football games and this. Well, that's right. You know, this here is my favorite part of the week. You know, we're not worried about what's happening in the last ball game. It's too early to look forward to the next ball game. We're right in between, and this is a perfect time to let all the fans know just exactly what kind of place NF Tech has in the history of football. We talk a little bit of football history at NF Tech, and I've been amazed, Coach, to find out all of the terminology that actually developed uh, right here at your school. Well, not only that, a lot of stuff that folks say and use and do about the game of football started right here. Well, what have you got for us this week in the way of inept tech football history? Well, I, I figured you being in the media, uh, uh, one of them radio, TV uh, uh, folks, what broadcast ball games and all that kind of thing, probably familiar with, with the isolated camera. You know, uh, that's uh, one of them things that they use on TV, like they focus it on somebody that's not always in the play, like they show how a wide receiver gets open or what uh, a running back does before he takes a handoff or what happens to the quarterback after he lets go of the ball, you know, lets the fans know something about the inside of football. And Are you going to tell me that, that your school actually had something to do with the invention of the isolated camera? 
Well, that's right. You know, a uh, feller by the name of uh, Lumpkin, Lens Lumpkin, uh, was a feller what took our game films back in the early 1960s, and back in about 1961, you know, we didn't use but one camera for the whole ball game. You know, you just shot your game films, and, and you sent it on to the coach of the team that you was going to be playing next week, and that coach sent his game films to y'all, and that's how come we swapped game films around. And then, of course, now one week, old Lens, you know, Lens uh, has had a problem with his uh, concentration not always staying where it was supposed to and and uh, what he liked to do is take his chewing gum and stick it on the camera so it would stay put it was kind of a wobbly thing and and uh, and uh, what we wound up with was the camera focused in just one spot on our defense and when we sent the game films onto the coach for the next week he said he listen coach you know we really wanted to thank you for sending them game films because it focused on your middle linebacker and he, he was your best player and we found out how to defense him and that's how come we got beat i believe it was 86 and zip the next week and so that how isolated Cameron was born just a piece of chewing gum started right here at nf tech back in 1961 the origin of the isolated camera that's how it started and i'll be back with coach turf right after this message And the Art Turf Show is brought to you today by Groundhogs. Good, good Groundhogs? Yes, it is Groundhog Day. Does the Groundhog have a name? Buckeye Chuck. Oh. Okay. Okay. Coach Turf, you were telling me during our commercial break that the isolated camera also helped to give birth to another uh, famous football tradition. Well, that's right. You know, the fella that was being focused on in that isolated camera was our middle linebacker back then, a fella named uh, Bulldog Brandon. And seeing how Bulldog had red hair flying all over the place everywhere, and when he was charging that quarterback, what they would do is whenever he would charge a quarterback, they refer, refer to him as Red Dog Brandon. So now everybody what blitzes a quarterback is called a Red Dog, which kind of makes you think if Bulldog had had dirty hair, they'd be calling them Dirty Dogs. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H Ah, good morning, folks. Welcome. It's a Wednesday. Kind of gray outside, and we're going to talk about the weather a good bit today. And for that matter, not just this show, but throughout the day and tomorrow and because it looks a little bit um, challenging. Yeah, that's a good word. Challenging weather. But today, a free-for-all. So we've got, uh, golly, a, a, a great win last night for the uh, Bobcats, uh, Scott. I don't know if you paid any attention to that or not or were listening but uh, it was a fun game to attend and uh, not a bad crowd either no i i checked in on the score periodically but uh you had other things going eh yeah you were there so you can tell us about it well no i mean i i did it was a fun win and um mercy i think um in most of the game we had twice the score they did and, of course, we're talking about uh, Ball State, folks. So, anyway, we do have a caller already. And, and uh, let's see. And let me get them on. My button's just right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I would just, I would just like to uh, remind everybody out there who has a generator to try to make sure that it's operable before this storm hits. Okay. If the... Uh, if the weather forecast comes true, 
could be seven to ten days without power historically. And uh, a lot of people who actually have generators are surprised when they don't start. Mm-hmm. So well, the time, now would be the time to make sure the thing will work. Sure. Well, they um, see some are natural gas powered, some are uh, powered by other sources, right? Yeah, gasoline, propane. Yeah, they're the most common ones. Well, we had. Um, let's see here. We had some generators here at the station and up at the transmitters and everything, but uh, they've been <laughs> declared. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, obsolete or something like that. So um, yes, that would be the word. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, folks, uh, do your best out there. Right. I don't want to take up your time. Just wanted to remind everybody. All right. And perhaps. Okay. We'll s- Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, when you look at uh, what they're saying out there. Let's see here. Let me get my screen just right. So first of all, just our normal screen. It says today we're going to have 46 as a high and uh, rain. Tonight, they're, I'm sorry, tomorrow they're talking about rain and snow, a high of 38. And then on Friday, 27 degrees. And snow, at least snow showers, let's put it that way. Now, when, when we get into the, um, the, the the more serious forecast, it says from 1 a.m. tomorrow till 10 a.m. on the 4th. So tomorrow's the 3rd. So what is that? That's uh, b- 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 nine, nine and 24 is uh, 33 hours. There's a 33-hour stretch where um, it's, it looks like it's going to be very serious, particularly uh, in this note for Athens, Morgan, Perry, and Vinton counties. Now, a winter storm watch now in effect from late tonight through Friday morning. Um, Heavy mixed precipitation is possible. Total snow accumulations of 1 to 3 inches and ice accumulations, which is almost more serious, of 1 quarter to 1 half an inch possible. Okay, so why why is that a serious thing? Um, Ice is heavy. It gets on trees where snow is light. It causes trees to fall, limbs to break, things like that. Um, Is the name of the company Esplenda? It's something like that. Asplend. Asplend, okay. Yeah. Uh, You see them out in earnest the last few days um, clearing trees along power lines. Now, they do that year-round, but they were going through residential areas the last few days trying to um, knock down anything that might serve as uh, uh, taking the power out, right? Um, I'm talking about residential areas within the city. But anyway, um, so this ice, first of all, it adds a lot of weight to the actual lines. Because, you know, those lines are what? It tops a half an inch thick. Well, you add another half inch circumference all the way around, so now you've got an inch and a half weighty line, right? I think you get my point. 
Um, and that's, you know, if they're not secured right or things like that, we could have some power outages. And some of these, um, as the caller said, could last longer than we hope. Anyway, going on here with this forecast, Morgan, Perry, Vinton, and Athens counties from late tonight through Friday morning. Power outages and tree damage are likely due to the ice. Travel could be nearly impossible. The hazardous conditions could impact the morning or evening commute. Uh, I suspect that... Um, if this all comes to pass, the Sheriff's Department, Highway Patrol, whatever, will issue, um, uh, what do they call it, Code 2, I think, something like that. Level. Level 2, thank you. Yeah. Um, where only certain jobs um, are, it's only permissible for certain types of employees to have to go to work because they don't want you on the roads until they get them in the best condition they can under the circumstances. Then they go to a level one, and eventually level zero. But um, anyway, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. I know I, um, I have a monthly important meeting on the first Thursday of each. Um, it's an evening meeting. And uh, that group has decided to postpone a, a week, that meeting. And that's uh, something I don't recall them ever doing before. So uh, better safe than sorry, as, as that expression goes. All right, let's see here. But let me go back to that other screen. Whoops, wrong button. There we go. Um, 46 are high today with rain. Tomorrow, 38, rain and snow. Friday, 27, which won't allow for a whole lot of melt. Snow showers. Saturday, 29 degrees and sunny. Then Sunday and Monday, both up in the uh, low 40s. So we'll, that'll help things out a little bit. Anyway, now, let's move to this uh, whole... Um, whole thing of um, the Groundhog Day, right? Puxatani Phil, probably the most famous, but there was a trivia uh, question this morning. It says, not, um, not to be outdone by Puxatani's uh, Phil in Pennsylvania. Ohio has its own weather-predicting groundhog with what fitting name? They, well, they said Ohio, so the, some of these names don't make any sense. Hoosier Howie, that's Indiana. Sooner Sam, Tar Heel Tom, or Buckeye Chuck. Well, what with us being from Ohio, I think 85%, even nationwide, knew that the answer was Buckeye Chuck. Now, Scott... What was the result of Puxatani Phil? Six more months of winter. Months? <clears throat> oh, weeks. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Scared me. Only for if a you're in the North Pole. <clears throat> Six more weeks. Okay. Because he saw his shadow or didn't yeah. see his shadow? He did. Okay. Um, and Puxatani, um, is that the... Um, the, the name of the community where this takes place? Yeah. That's the name of the city. Okay. Where is that? Um, In Pennsylvania. No idea. Okay. See if I can find it. Well, I'm just curious. <clears throat> now, here in Ohio, Buckeye Chuck, that takes place in Marion, which is just north of Delaware. And did uh, Buckeye Chuck see his shadow? I don't know if that's been reported yet or not. Let's see here. 
He would have done it yesterday. Once a year on February 2nd, apparently against his will, the shy groundhog emerges from his slumber to deliver his prediction. He's been doing so since the Ohio legislature made Chuck the Buckeye's state official groundhog. They did that in 1979. So I have all this stuff, but I don't know whether yesterday Buckeye Chuck saw his shadow as Pennsylvania Punxsutawney Phil did. Punxsutawney is about two hours northeast of Pittsburgh. Northeast. No, this way. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just one of these, um, what would you call it? Um, Folklore predictions, right? Pretty much. Something like that. Yep. We depend on a groundhog to predict weather. (laughs) It is February 2nd, National Groundhog Day. We've mentioned that quite a bit. It's also National Heavenly Hash Day. Now, if you had to describe what hash is, what would you say? Uh, A ground-up mixture of meats, spices, vegetables, fat. Now, I would have gone with meat and shredded potatoes. But your your version of hash has other um, vegetables too, eh? Yeah. Okay. Incidentally, Buckeye Chuck does not see his shadow and predicts early spring for Ohio. So Pennsylvania's going to have a tougher time of it than we are. From a groundhog's perspective, yes. Okay. Well, anyway, Heavenly Hash, it sounds pretty good. It's National Tater Tot Day. Hard to complain about them. And it's National Girls and Women in Sports Day. I had a little conversation last night during the basketball game with um, Ohio University's uh, relatively new uh, athletic director, Julie Cromer. Boy, she's a nice person. And she's going to start joining us uh, every so often out here as a guest. So we'll look forward to that. But National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Let's do some historical stuff. In, in 1653, on this date, New Amsterdam becomes a city, later named New York. That's right. New York City. In 1848, the Treaty of Guadalupe, Hidalgo, Ends the Mexican-American War. The U.S. acquires Texas, California, New Mexico, and Arizona for $15 million. Think what 15 million meant in 1948. I'm sorry, 1848. 1901, Queen Victoria's funeral takes place in St. George's Chapel, that in Windsor Castle, England. Queen Victoria, 1901. 1922, James Joyce's Ulysses was published in Paris. Initially, 1,000 copies. Wonder what the number's up to now. It's a bunch. I'm sure. 1943. On this date, German 6th Army surrenders after the Battle of Stalingrad in a major turning point in Europe during World War II. 
Um, let's see. Where shall we start? Let's start with James Joyce. He was born on this date in 1882. He died in 1941. James Joyce. James Augustine Aloysius Joyce was an Irish novelist, short story writer, poet, and literary critic. He contributed to the modernist avant-garde movement and is regarded as one of the most influential and important writers of the 20th century. Some of his works include Ulysses, Dubliners, Finnegan's Wake, and a portrait of the artist as a young man. All right, um, let's see. Let's do George um, Hallas, H-A-L-A-S. He was a former owner of the Chicago Bears. And he lived from, um, well, he was born on this date in 1895, died in 1983. He was affectionately referred to as Papa Bear. Uh, he also played pro football, coach, team owner. And he was the founder and owner of the NFL Chicago Bears. Um, I, I, somehow or other, I had forgotten about this one. Farrah Fawcett, who I always thought was extremely attractive. She was born on this date in 1947 and died in 2009. I... Um, I have forgotten that she was gone. I think she and Michael Jackson passed on the same day. Wow, if I remember correctly, she was one of four, uh, Charlie's one of the former original Charlie's Angels. You bet. Um, the last person is um, someone who's still alive, celebrating her forty-fifth birthday today, Shakira. Um, entertainer. Um, um, what am I trying to say? Singer, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Two famous deaths to uh, mention. One is that of Dmitry Mendeleev. M-E-N-D-E-L-E-E-V. He was born in 1834, but died on this date in 1907. He was a Russian chemist and inventor, best known for formulating the periodic law oh. and creating a far-sighted version of the periodic table of elements. Huh. And this one, um, this other one is not familiar to me. Um, he was a young man... Uh, when he died, he was born in 1957, died in 1979. Sid Vicious. Vicious. He looks like he might this uh, be playing a musical instrument. Yeah, he was a member of the rock band, the Sex Pistols. Ah. English musician. He was the bassist for that punk rock okay. band. Well, we play uh, a couple of their songs here and there, don't we? I think on Power 105, yes. Okay. All right. Well, we went through that. I have a cousin. His name is Walt Hopkins. And uh, periodically, uh, I may mention the name Hopkins because um, my mother was one of four sisters, and Aunt Harriet married Dean Hopkins. And uh, Hopkins is a very famous name in Cleveland. Um. Well, their oldest son, Walt, lives in Scotland, and he's a professor there. And each year, um, we might have it, yeah, 
Okay, so we are a part of the emergency activation system, which is a federal and um, state and even locally um, organized thing. And um, they have the opportunity to, when you hear those tones, it's either a test or a message of importance. And so we just received that, although in that particular one, they had not named our county yet. But I suspect as the day continues, that'll be updated, uh, and we'll hear a number of those kind of interruptions. But this is important information. Yeah, according to Brian Hughes, I think we're probably going to get the icy rain beginning tomorrow night, Thursday evening into Friday morning. Okay. Well, anyway, my um, I was talking about my cousin, Walter. And each year on uh, the um, Groundhog Day, he writes an item and publishes it. He's kind of famous for this sort of thing. Um, if you'd like to uh, see a, a ta- um, get a copy, email me. And I'll send it to you because it's a little bit too lengthy. It's two full pages in small print. But um, it's an interesting article. And um, he's, he's a rather well-known writer. And, uh, of course, the date is 2222. Right? Second month, second date. 22nd year. 2222. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, so he has uh, that, and then the rest of the title reads Groundhog Day Doubled. All right, so just send me a note. By the way, my email is palmerd at wxtq.com. Okay, let's see. Have you heard about this uh, really dangerous fire down in North Carolina? Yes. Um, this is a fertilizer plant. So it's made for the... Uh, this is a plant that serves the agricultural um, industry, right? And in this... Um, this plant is near... Um, well, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Nice place. But they've had to evacuate 6,500 residents that live near this plant. This fire uh, continues to burn. The name of the plant, the Winston Weaver Company Fertilizer Plant. This fire began um, basically... Not last night, but the night before, Monday night, imposes a threat as chemicals at the plant could cause a large explosion. The plant contains 500 tons of ammonia nitrate. Um which is nearly double the amount at the West Texas fertilizer plant fire that in 2013 occurred and killed 15 people. Uh, Are the firefighters uh, fighting that? No. It's too dangerous. Uh, They've retreated from the area and taking care of the people that live nearby who have had to evacuate. Um, now there's a, a train tracks that lead through this site, this plant, and there are railroad cars there on the tracks that are full of the finished product, and you know they're they're very concerned that the fire may get to them. And then you'll have explosions, right? Yes. So 
<clears throat> each of these rail, rail cars containing about 100 tons of the chemical. This is an odorless chemical which makes combustion material burn at a faster rate. It is used to make fertilizers and explosives. It was more recently responsible for a 2020 explosion in Beirut. That killed 218 people. And it involved 2,700 tons of the chemical. Well, down in Winston-Salem, at this point, no injuries have been reported. Knock on wood. And officials do not know what started the fire as of this morning. And uh, But they're very concerned, and rightfully so. Let's see what my next story is here. Get my fingers to be able to peel the pages apart properly. Oh, Tom Brady, right? He made it official. I mean, there's been questions about this for weeks, maybe months. Yeah. Was he going to retire? Well, he made it official yesterday. He is. He's announcing his retirement after 22 seasons and seven championships. And the list could go on. Your take? One of the greatest of all time. And had some very nice words for Joe Burrow, too, about the words he used was he was super impressed with Joe Burrow and that Joe has some skills and abilities that Brady said he didn't have at age 25. And he said he looks for Joe to eventually become the face of the league, which is super high praise. Coming from uh, one of the greatest of all time, and he he wished uh, Joe and the Bengals well in the Super Bowl coming up. Um, do you think he, um, do you think he might turn to coaching? I doubt it. Okay. I think he's pretty well off and set, and he wants to spend time with his family and his children. Well, he certainly has mentioned uh, being able to do more of that is in you know yeah. his if, goal. If he gets into coaching, he will not be able to do that, and probably thinks if he's going to do that, he might as well keep playing. Do you recall his having any injuries along the way? Oh, yes. He's he's had some knee issues a few times. And I think he had a shoulder injury at one point, but not too many. Mm. Uh, Tesla, that's um, a brand name for cars, right? Yes. They've um, put out a recall for about 54,000 vehicles that they made this for a software upgrade after regulators show the company's full self-driving mode includes an option to perform rolling stops through stop signs (laughs) that wouldn't be good first of all i do not understand this why we need to have a car drive itself Yeah, I don't like that idea either. I'm not riding in one. I know that. Um, you know, if it's for, I, I, I you know, I was going to say if it's for just thirty seconds, um, to be more absolute at your. Driving properly while you're adjusting your radio or plugging in your cell phone or something that you shouldn't do while you're driving anyway. Um, I mean, I could understand that, but to just be able to 
Take your hands off the wheel and let it cruise along? No. I just don't get it. Um, anyway, so I think they've wanted to fix these cars for a while now, but as we've heard many times, many of these circuits, which are made in, well, China and places, uh, have been in very limited supply, but they've got that fixed somewhat. We do have a caller. Good morning. Good morning, David. Yes, sir. I cannot make good sense out of why we want to make a driverless car either. Um, the safety factor is just not worth it when you're talking human lives. Right. Uh, it's it's enough of a problem when you're talking uh, human lives that uh, where your mind is more more distracted than it should be. But the problem is I've made my living repairing electronics, mm -hmm. and because of that I can tell you any electronic circuit that has ever been made will fail. Mm -hmm. And if that is what's running them, which is what it is, failure will occur and failure will cause loss of life. And it's not worth us investing money and time and effort in making something that we should be responsible for behind the wheel ourselves. I get you, and I agree. Now, yeah, what, you know, okay. let me just add a thing, though. You know, the, uh, the, the things that can help you park or, sure. or see out the rear more clearly. Sure. Uh, I think those are helpful. Yes, they are, although I will say that a lot of the uh, on-dash uh, monitors are also a distraction. Uh-huh. Um, people are playing with them, messing with them more than they should be driving. And right. Some of this stuff is just, it, it's nice, but it's toys. And yeah. we should be realizing that we're behind the wheel of a vehicle that is in motion and has weight and mass that will come to a stop at some point, whether we like it or not. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've got a neighbor who taught uh, driver's ed for many years. <clears throat> and this was over in, uh, I think, the state of Maryland. Um, and periodically she goes out to dinner with us, and she sits in the back seat. And I'm so conscious of her um, judging. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did I do this right? Did I do that right? Yeah, uh, it's like you've got a police officer sitting in the back seat, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Dave Russell checking in with us. We have about 10 minutes remaining today. I think all this stuff I've probably done pretty well. We'll put this away. Did I do this? We can hold that. Um, okay, let me go there. Sorry about my errors here. Oh, we haven't done this. Oh, yes, we did. Mercy. What a bunch of stuff here. All right. Well, what about the news itself? Why are so many part-time workers struggling to find full-time work during a labor shortage? Uh, the New York Times is saying, just wait it out. Brenda Garcia, who works at a Chipotle, Chipotle in the Queens, has a problem that may sound surprising in today's tight labor market. She is a part-time employee who wants more work. But the restaurant keeps assigning her less than 20 hours a week. She told a reporter, it's just not enough for me. They're not giving me a stable job. Well, she is one of millions of Americans who want an established full-time work schedule. 
and are struggling to find it. As a result, these part-timers struggle with not only low pay, but also uncertain shifts that can change at the last minute, disrupting the rest of their lives. The workers can obviously quit, but they often find that other jobs available to them have really similar problems. You know, you, you, you see signs around at different places hiring $15 an hour or whatever. And um, while that sounds good, it, you know, it's the schedule they're giving them. It doesn't, it's not a full-time gig. You know what I mean? So, anyway. Um, so, how could this be when a country is in the midst of a labor shortage in which employers are struggling to fill jobs? Because executives at many companies have decided that part-time work is too important to abandon just because the labor market is temporarily tight. Part-time work allows companies to hold down labor costs in two crucial ways. First, companies can reduce their benefits costs because part-time workers often do not receive health care or retirement benefits. Second, companies can change staffing levels quickly to meet demand on a given day or week rather than having workers sit idle during slower periods. It's very deeply embedded in employers' business models. They're incredibly reluctant to give it up, even if it means enduring labor shortages and elevated turnover in short and intermediate terms. Basically, they think, that's the employers, that it makes more economic sense to wait out the current shortages than to fundamentally change their labor models. Well, that may well be a rational decision for some individual businesses. The shift toward flexible part-time and often outsourced work is a major reason that corporate profits have risen in recent decades. After-tax corporate profits have accounted for more than 7% of national income in recent years, that's up from an average of 5.6% in the 50s through the 70s. By the way, that's according to the Commerce Department. Well, the New York Times has an interesting article that goes on to some detail about this. And it's available on their website. Um, yesterday we gave you some stats off the COVID report and I told you that sometimes because of the way the numbers are reported. Um, well, let me give you an example. Um, so world deaths, okay. We had 13,000 roughly in the world die on Saturday. We had 4,000 on Sunday. We had... Um, Wait a minute. Let me get this right. I'm sorry. We had 13,000 on Saturday. We had 5,000 on Sunday. We had 4,000 on Monday. And yesterday we had 13,000 again. It just all depends on how these numbers are turned in, when they're turned in. And you can push each country to do it daily on a regular basis, you know, but... Sometimes it doesn't happen, and often on weekends it gets a little goofy too. But anyway, 
Uh, we gave you that full report yesterday. Uh, maybe we'll do so again tomorrow. Uh, word has come out that uh, the Global Arts Festival is to return in March to our campus and to our community. This would be the second Ohio University Global Arts Festival and the 10th World Music and Dance Concert. Like I said, it will be in March of this year. And it celebrates diversity in the Ohio community through events featuring guests from around the world. I've attended this event. Um, when my wife was involved with it, with it a lot. Uh, back then it was just the music, world music event. It's really neat. I encourage you to find out about it and Take it in. You'll you'll find it most most enlightening. Enlightening? That suddenly that doesn't sound right. Is that the right word? Yeah, that works. Okay. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Okay, I guess the actual um, lunch with the arts at the West Portico will be March 21st, and then it will wrap up with the World Music and Dance Concert at 7.30 p.m. on March 26th, that in the alumni, uh, the Templeton Blackburn Alumni Memorial Auditorium. So it's nice to have some of these things returning to, uh, dare I say, normal. Or resuming, we'll just put it that way. Um, we have a, um, on the Super Bowl Sunday, which is a week and a half from now, right? On the 13th, yes. Um, you know, we got the rights to do the Super Bowl. Um, we would be broadcasting it whether Joe was in it or not, but thank goodness he is. Um, the broadcast is like, on that day, is going to be something like seven hours long. And the game is like three or four hours of it. But there's all these different feature pregame shows that are going to be spectacular. So don't miss it. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Breaking news from Washington. President Biden is about to up the ante for Russia with tensions growing over Ukraine. Our team coverage begins with correspondent Cammie McCormick. The Pentagon is expected to announce this hour that thousands of American troops will deploy to Poland and Germany and others will transition within Europe. More will be moved to Romania, where there's already a U.S. troop presence. The Ukrainian foreign minister just said his country doesn't see any decrease in Russian troops along Ukraine's border. Still, he doesn't believe their numbers are enough for a full invasion. I'm Stephen Portnoy. The president has insisted that no U.S. troops would go into Ukraine itself, that their mission would be to reassure nervous allies at Vladimir Putin's doorstep. Mr. Biden has said he could see imposing sanctions on Putin personally and would certainly apply economic penalties that his country has never seen before. As Moscow tries to argue that NATO has forced the issue, it remains Washington's view that a war over Ukraine's relationship with the West is Putin's choice to make. A massive winter storm is expected.